0: Sixers, what an unbelievable treat. Now, you know I get excited when we talk to a fellow Sixer, but this is someone who's been in my corner, man, going on seven plus years. Just an absolute incredible human, lives exactly what he talks about day in and day out, and has been able to go back home and now works for the hometown team, which is just One of those full circle things that's just absolutely so cool. We're going to get into it. Alan Monroy, welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. Thanks, Tony. Great to be here. It's a pleasure to see you. You're doing amazing stuff, brother. Thank you, my man. It's not every day I get to talk to the director of global partnerships for the Vegas Golden Knights, which some people who don't know, Bill Foley, who owns the Golden Knights, is an actual Army veteran himself.
1: So yeah, he's actually a West Point graduate, I believe class of 67. Uh, so, but he, he actually joined the air force. He did uh, cross commissioning into the air force is my understanding.
0: So when we talk about partnerships, right, it's one of those things that, you know, when you're deployed, you're always working with a host nation. But one of those things that you've talked about, I remember is when you're dealing with partnerships, a lot of what you're doing on your side is listening. How do you implement what you took from the military to now being in the business world, especially in the sports world where it can be very cutthroat how do you work these global partnerships where it's, so it's not these transactional deals of like hey we just need some money we'll put your logo somewhere how do you do that
1: yeah no absolutely so over over the last few years the the sports marketing or, or specifically partnerships and sponsorships has transitioned tremendously back in the day you know and I'm new to the industry so I did a lot of my research uh, was very transactional very much about brand awareness and direct sponsorships. And now it's transitioned into this global partnership space where it's more about building relationships, customizing everything that we do to the partners that we work with. We're we're value creators, right? So finding unique and innovative ways to add value to these brands that are already being successful, right? Uh, A lot of them don't always feel the need to get into the sports marketing world uh, for those that aren't already. So it's, it's our job to, to provide that value and not to convince anyone or, or pitch them or try to come, you know try to force them to, to come into sports marketing because it's not for everyone, but really to build those relationships and, and listen, like you said, and understand those pain points of what's not working for you. What could you be doing better? Because every CEO, CFO, CMO out there, is, is losing sleep over something, right? They're trying to accomplish something in their organization. So if we can be helpful in any way and bring it into an industry that everyone loves, right, who doesn't love the sports industry, who doesn't get emotionally connected to their team or their town. Uh, so that's, that's what's the most exciting part of this job is just being able to work with all types of people, all types of organizations, and to just create value for those organizations and to truly help them.
0: And as you talk about creating value, right, let's look at it a little bit from a team standpoint, right? You came in, you, you know, in college, you were playing baseball, uh, looking to go to the MLB, went the route, slightly different, right? Fellow Redleg, Ranger School, you know, deployments, we connected in Hawaii. And then you come out on the other side, right, back home, like I said, with the Vegas Golden Knights, that transition between the tribes, essentially, as you create value, how do you continue, especially a veteran going into this very like competitive sports world? What was the question that you had to ask yourself? Hey, this is the value I bring to the table. This is what I'm going to show.
1: Yeah, I mean, this this is a tough industry to break into. It's a tough industry to be in. It's it's not all fun and games. Literally, it's not all fun and games, right? Uh, it's not just going to games and hanging out with the players. In fact, uh, very separate from the business and the operations side whether it be hockey operations or business operations side, very two different sides. A lot of that is, like you said, is, you know, you're wearing different jerseys throughout. You know, like I grew up playing baseball, never really thought about hockey growing up here in Vegas. We didn't even have teams here in Vegas. Right. There was a lot of that identity issue where you were cheering for teams all across the country because we didn't have any local teams. Right. UNLV my undergraduate university was really the only team to to root for. Back in the 90s, they were tremendous in basketball. So a lot of that, like you said, came full circle. Now coming back, we have several teams, but here we really are the vegas born team. Um, But aside from that, the sports industry, it's not like other industries where you have a year, two years to ramp up, right? I think what's great where, where veterans come into the to the space is that we're used to jumping in sometimes literally jumping in or assaulting in. And you have to learn on the fly. You know, our, our seasons are six to eight months long. You know, if we're lucky, we're going into the playoffs and, and, and going into the finals but for the most part, I mean, you don't have six months or a year to ramp up, right? You have to come in quickly and perform. And that's why it's tough to hire into the sports industry But I think veterans coming in, we're used to doing that. I mean, as officers, you're not in a job for more than a year, maybe two, right? So you're constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly evaluating what the opportunities are and how to provide that value and how to create solutions for those problems, right? So I think that's, it just makes common sense for me and for other veterans that are transitioning out that are trying to find their way into an industry that they're going to be passionate about, an industry that they can perform in. And it helps them with that identity crisis that you have when you leave the army or whatever service you are in. So I think that's where the connection is. But we're used to creating value quickly. We're used to finding solutions for problems quickly and effectively, right? Not rushing to failure. So a lot of those things just transfer through the, to the sports
0: industry. As you try to find your identity in the sports world, what was one thing as you kind of look in retrospect that you spent a lot of time on that you would recommend completely skipping? as a veteran or someone, you know, a service member breaking into the sports industry?
1: Yeah, I think I get a lot of questions of, you know, were you a big hockey fan growing up? You know, are you really into hockey? Do you know a lot about hockey? And, and believe it or not, I mean, I am a fan, obviously, because we have the Vegas Golden Knights uh, since 2017. And I became a fan because it was, it was our first professional team. But you don't need to be an expert in the sport that you're working in. It's more than just being passionate about baseball or football or hockey to work in sports. In fact, sometimes disconnecting from that emotional connection to the team and just seeing it as a business can be an attribute to being successful in the sports industry. Because you don't want to just rely on being passionate about the sport or knowing what all the players are doing and and almost being just like a fanboy or fangirl, right? You really want to be a professional and match up your qualifications with your passion for the industry in order to to have your skills and attributes line up to come in and create value right off the bat, right? So that's where I think that misconception is. I was asked, and I like to say this, I was asked zero questions about hockey during the interview process. No one cares about how much hockey you know. Now, of course, when you're with the clients and the partners and amongst the team. You like to talk about what's going on, you want to be up to speed, and you will learn it because you're in it. But you do not have to be an expert in the sport that you're working in to be successful in the sports industry.
0: And that's a, a phenomenal point, right? It's just like there's a lot of on on the job training, but you look at those like soft skills as you kind of like look back is like, "Oh, what is a core skill you have now that you kind of wish you would have developed a little bit earlier on?" I would say self-awareness. I think self awareness is a
1: continuous battle for for all of us, but for me specifically, I have so much more self awareness now as a as a man, as a professional, as a as a son, as a friend, as a partner. All these types of things that I didn't think about coming up. Right, uh, we were so focused on the mission, and we were soldiers, and it was very much about serving. Right. And since I got out now going on almost seven years, which is crazy to even think about that, that's how long ago we were in Hawaii together. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time really focusing on myself, right. Uh, I'm big on manifesting. I'm big on positive affirmation and really creating your reality and creating what you want to be right. Creating your world. David Meltzer talks about this. Um, I actually just read his book, uh, Connected to Goodness. I, I had the, the opportunity to meet David a few weeks back and, and he comes to Vegas often and he talks a lot about this. A lot of it comes from like being afraid and having that fear of, am I, am I gonna be able to make it in this industry? Am I gonna be able to make it when I leave the military? All these what if, all these um, kind of negative thoughts that a lot of us just have naturally, right? So kind of reframing that, and having that self-awareness to say, like, I belong here, right? I can, I can be effective in this industry, whether it's in banking, nonprofit, whether you have a podcast, whether you're still in the military, where you're going into sports, whatever it may be, it's really being self-aware and understanding where your areas of opportunity are and where you bring value to the table and looking inward, not outward, and not kind of blaming external factors and really just focusing on yourself. I think that's, that's the, the tremendous growth that I've, that I've seen in myself just in the last few
0: years. And as you look inward, what does that practice look like? Is it a, a deliberate one that you do every so often or in the moment you kind of stop yourself and say a phrase or a term to kind of like realign and be like, all right, hey, like you said, I belong in this room. I have a seat at the table. What does that look like in the moment?
1: Yeah, so I I do have a practice and I think most of us are routine based, right? Getting up early in the morning, taking the cold showers, uh, really, you know, I spend some time with myself in the morning manifesting, really focusing on positive affirmations on what I want to create, focusing on my goals and everything is in the positive, not in the lack of, not in the want, but in the affirming what I want to create. Mm And believe it or not, what you're doing when you do that is you're retraining your subconscious to believe it. And that's what it comes back to. If you don't believe it, you can't lie to yourself. You can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to your subconscious. So it's retraining, rewiring your subconscious to say, this is where this is where I'm at, and this is what I'm accomplishing as if it's already happening, right? Like, I am this. I am accomplishing this. I am getting to these goals, Right and living that. On top of that, you have to action it. You have to live it every day. So throughout the day, throughout the weeks, you have to stop and assess, okay, what am I doing? Am I on track? Ask for feedback. You know, are, are people noticing these things? Uh, are they giving you feedback? Hey, are you on the right track? Are you not? But at the end, it's just coming back to yourself and believing that, that you're doing the right thing for what you want to create in your life.
0: So as you look to what you want to create in your life, are you speaking those manifestations out loud? Are you writing them down? And then, how do you find yourself to get back on track? Because sometimes it's, you you know you get lost in the noise as you search for like these signals that exist out there, and we, we fall off the track. How do you get back on? So it's a, that's a two part question.
1: Yeah. So I I speak it internally, and, and everyone's different, right? Uh, you could speak it out loud. You could write it down. I keep a list, and, and we're going in deep here. I'm going. I'm giving all the all the nuggets here, but. I, I write them all down and I add to them as I go. I adjust them. I I recalibrate them like we used to do back in the day. Right calibration exercises, same thing. Right, it's just figuring out like work. Back in the day,
0: we're still. I'm still doing that.
1: Well, that's right. You're still doing it. There's no back. You're in. You're in the day. <laughs> uh, back in the day, for me, I mean, well, now you just push a button and it does it automatically, right? With all the technology, <laughs> that's what I hear. No, but you no, know, no, it's that constant shift of reassessing so you're you're not in autopilot right you are intentionally looking at your list or your or your whatever you're writing down or whether you're listening to it, you're recording your own voice and listening to it, whatever way you you do that, you don't want to get in that autopilot. You want to continuously check in with yourself and say, like, am I there? Am, am I really, do I really believe, am I really accomplishing what I'm, what I'm setting out to? And if not, then what do I need to change? What is what is this trying to teach me? Whatever's happening in my life is trying to teach me something. It's happening for me, not to me. So when it's happening for me, what is it trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? And how can I recalibrate and, and kind of shift to where I want
0: to when I move forward to? You touched on something there and it was, do I believe? So then what do you know for sure? Well,
1: what I know for sure is that we create whatever we believe. That's why you can't lie to yourself. So if you don't believe in yourself, no one will, right? You have to truly, and again, it's not the social media influencer, external aspect of it where, oh, I believe, no, 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 this, you truly in your core, in your subconscious have to believe that you are what you're setting out to be. You have to act as if you're already in the place you want to be in order to manifest what you want to create, right? If you're subconscious senses even a little bit of doubt even a little bit of fear it's going to know that oh you don't truly believe so that's just an opportunity for you to recalibrate and continue to get to that point where there is no doubt and you know beyond a doubt that you believe in yourself what you're trying to create
0: i know this is something that you, you've lived with for a long time but as we've gone on in the last seven years right you continue to go back to this like i, I believe in myself and i will continue to do what i set out to do as you look as it has improved your life when the fear might come or like show up, what are you saying? What are we doing? Where are you going? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, and it's going to happen, right? We're not robots. Uh, We're going to fail and and we're going to learn from it. When it happens, you'll notice yourself growing and learning because one, it's going to happen less and less throughout. But when it happens, it's almost like it feels as if it's atypical, Because you're not used to it anymore. After a while, you're going to be so used to positive affirmations and thinking positively and and focusing your energy on what you want to create that when that fear kicks in, it's almost going to feel uncomfortable because it used to feel comfortable because you lived in that fear. You lived in that doubt. Now you live in a different world. So when it happens to me, I I immediately know, okay, I'm, I'm off balance. I need to go back to my list. I need to sit down with myself. I need to focus. Where am I having doubt? Where am I not truly believing that I can accomplish this? And then adjust that accordingly to keep moving forward. But it's going to happen. We're not, we're not robots. We're, we're not on autopilot here. It's
0: very intentional. As you talk about being intentional, especially forming sports partnerships, going back to the beginning of the conversation, you're seeking these pain points. What is the go-to question, Alan, that you say, like, hey, maybe it is as a direct is, what are your pain points? Tell me where you have gaps. What is the go-to question you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think you develop the questions as you're researching the type of brands that you want to work with. Going back to being intentional, there isn't a formula that I personally apply to every single opportunity that I work on. I take each individual opportunity as its own little case study. And I do as much research as I can on said brand, said company, so that I understand them almost sometimes better than maybe they understand themselves. So when I show up to the, even that first meeting, I'm very prepared to say, this is what I've read. This is what I'm hearing in the market. I've spoken to people in your organization. This is what I'm getting from, from feedback. Does that align with your goals, your objectives? Are you, are you kind of like, a, you know, are you confirming to me that these are your your, your pain points? Uh, if not, correct me. Uh, What are your objectives? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish in the next couple of years? But showing up with that preparation, showing up with the right questions, but also having done your homework, where you can almost help them, it's kind of like a brainstorming session, where you're helping them throughout that discovery call, so that they already see you as a valued member of the team. And that's what we want to be, we want to be a valued member of their marketing team, basically. As a, as a third-party sports organization that can provide them tools and techniques to reach an audience that they wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. So I think that's key is having that preparation before you even figure out what the questions are. You have to do your research and understand what the environment is. Again, bringing it back to the military. That's exactly what we did when we were figuring things out w- during an operations order, right?
0: Yeah, you're, you're going through the whole thing, right? from the start to finish, you understand the environment, you're working through MDMP um, and it's the same thing in that same preparation.
1: And it works, it works, right? There's a reason that we do this because it works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you still apply those lessons now, even though it's a different mission, right? Whether you're on the ice in the T-Mobile arena or you're up in the C-suite trying to figure out, hey, how do we make sure the team's brand is aligning with other brands That only strengthened both organizations. Absolutely spot on. So as you go through it, right, you're looking at different players in the game and you're kind of saying, maybe at first, like, I don't know if we can do it. And then you're like, absolutely, we can do it. Where have you just been like, in the moment, like, this is incredible. We're talking, we're doing this thing. And like, you almost have to like pinch yourself.
1: Yeah. So this is an ex- exciting industry. I mean, everything that we do is, like I said, customizable. We don't really do the cookie cutter branding campaigns for, for all partners, right? We do everything customizable to that brand. And every brainstorming session, every opportunity is so unique that it's 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 an experience of its own, right? Um, so I, I can't talk specific sure. right, with, yeah, with yeah. company names, but what I'm focusing on right now is getting outside of the typical box. And what I mean by that is what's around the corner? What are the type of partnerships in sports that aren't currently happening? Right. Because anyone can can reach out to the, the the beer companies, the car companies, the watch companies, the hotels. Right. And try to develop a partnership with them. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We, we do that too. But what's the next wave? What are we not even thinking about in this next generation of influencers, this this new economy, this, um, this new phase of innovation where no one's ever heard of this, whatever this next thing will be. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to find is what's around the corner that when I bring it, to the team, they've never heard of the brand. They think the idea is crazy. And because we're Vegas, we're going to do it. And we're going to go after it. And we're going to do it at a high level like we do everything else. So that's the exciting part is when you find something that people are going to say, well, we've never done that before. That's exactly what we want to go after.
0: Looking at those very complimentary untapped verticals, which like you said is so Vegas, right? Pulling things that it's a city in the middle of the desert that shouldn't exist and it's absolutely thriving. I love how you embody the city as you look to make these decisions and look at different partnerships across the spectrum. Well, this is my home. So uh, it's, I'm sure we'll talk about that. That's the thing, right? Like you're able to embody it because you, you, you lived it. You, you continue to live it. You are born and raised there uh, and you are continuing to give back not only to the team now that exists, now more teams coming in, but you're able to just be like, what is, you know, 10 year old Alan look like as he looks up to the sports team and be like, yes, that is my team. I'm not chasing a team halfway across the country and trying to root for them. It's locally grown and it's, it's the only one so far.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. They, you know, they say that when you're, when you're doing that self-assessment again, right, there's only two people you should focus on making proud. And that's your 10 year old self and your 80 year old self, right? And if the 10 year old self saw what I was doing right now, he would lose his mind because my, you know, there was no Vegas Golden Knights. And to, to be working in sports, it's, it's a true privilege. And then hopefully I'm on the right track so that my 80 year old self <laughs> is also proud of me, but that's about it. Um, it's all about bringing it back inward. But the, the fact that I've been fortunate enough to kind of come full circle and be back, uh, you know, where I grew up, where I went to school, where I started my military career. And then now being back here in the sports industry with the the, the true Vegas-born team going into year six, uh, it's just phenomenal. And, and I'm very grateful. And I want to give back. I want to help other veterans get into the sports industry and and translate those skills to make them effective in the sports industry, but to, to help them reach that level of identity that again, you lose a little bit when you leave. Um, you're, you're lucky enough where you know, and I don't say lucky because it's all hard work and, and all the phenomenal things that you've done. You're still in it, but you're also, you know, you got the podcast, you're doing things externally to the military as well. When I was in, I was only focused on the army and it wasn't until I transitioned that I saw what, what all was out there, all the opportunities that were out there. And now kind of coming back full circle Uh, There's an opportunity to give back and help others kind of with that transition because I know how tough
0: it can be. As you look at the transition kind of back at it, to be able to go full circle, you have to go through trials and tribulations. Where have you had just a spectacular failure along the way that's ultimately led you to get to this point today?
1: Well, I uh, tried to launch a business right before COVID, so that was a spectacular failure but I learned a ton from it. Uh, you know, I left corporate America right before uh, the pandemic. And who knew, right? Uh, you know, I wanted to, to try my hand at being an entrepreneur. And, and I dabbled in a couple of different businesses. And, and I was one of the lucky ones. I was able to kind of resurface from that and, and kind of sell off some assets and, and kind of be all right. Uh, and then have that opportunity to re- reassess what I wanted to do and then ended up going into the nonprofit space which eventually led me to sports through the partnerships industry. But, uh, I think we learn so much more from, from failures than we do from success, right? If it weren't for those failures, uh, just like recycling ranger school, you know I recycled mountain phase. Yeah. You know, we're, we're mountain recycled. So that we're, we're a different breed. Yeah, We are a different breed, but you know, if it weren't for those failures, if it weren't for those lessons learned, you know, you wouldn't have the, the successes. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about this, but to truly live it and, and to look backwards and to almost be grateful for those failures as opposed to being angry or resentful. I think, again, that's how I know I've grown where I can look back and be thankful. Wow. I'm, I'm glad those things happened to me rather than, you know, just having,
0: you know, an easy sale through, through the process. So as we kind of wrap up Alan, I have one final question. Again, director of global partnerships with the Golden Knights, you're in the NHL, puck just dropped recently, like things are cruising. In all of that, with everything going on, how are you better today than yesterday?
1: Yeah, I ask myself that a lot. Um, you know, I'm only in competition with myself, right? Uh, it's, and it's tough. It's tough not to, to look outward and compare yourselves to others. But I, I try to look inward and, and say, okay, where have I progressed? Where have I learned? And and today, I am more self-aware. I am more prepared for what's to come because again, I'm looking inward and I'm focusing on manifesting and positive affirmations towards my future and what I want to create. Rather than forcing things, I'm also allowing things to happen. I'm I'm, I'm allowing things to to flow naturally. While I'm working my butt off at the same time, I mean, that doesn't mean just kind of sit back and and let things happen, but allowing instead of forcing and then continuing to check with myself to say, okay, this is where you're at. And then also, who are you helping? How are you giving back? Where are you truly making that impact in someone else's life? So those are continuous questions that I'm asking myself as I'm going through to know that I'm on the
0: right track. And we're extremely grateful for you giving back to us and the Sixers out there with everything from today, right? You're sharing your tactics, your methods, your strategies, your ideas, and we're incredibly grateful. Now, where can people go to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing? And if they have any questions about, you know, being a veteran in sports.
1: Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn, uh, you can um, feel free to share my LinkedIn or, or, or tag it on there. But LinkedIn's the best place to reach out. Uh, again, I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to help the next generation of, of veterans to, to join the sports industry. Thank
0: you so much, man. And most importantly, thanks for having our six. Appreciate it, brother. And thanks, Tony. This was a, this was a lot of fun. Hey Sixers. Did you know the got your six podcast is now streaming every Wednesday at 6 PM Eastern and Saturdays at 6 AM and 6 PM Eastern on wreaths across America radio available on the iHeartRadio app, the audacity app and the TuneIn app. Just search the word wreath. If you got something out of this? Be your battle buddy. Share with a friend. Pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we want because we love what we do here at the Gotcha Six Podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers.